Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening Hello, fellow degenerates. Welcome back. This is the Sports Gamble Ramble number 58. This is Wildcard Weekend Breakdown Part 2. I gave you guys my opinions on the Raiders and uh, Bills games um, yesterday. And uh, this, we got to do four more games this weekend. I've done a lot more research, and this might be a long episode, so I'll try not to really spend too much time with the bullshit here. I do want to just touch quickly, if you guys get a chance to listen to this before the Bills-Patriots game, I've looked into the weather reports a little bit more. I'm starting to cool down on my Bills minus four and a half pick. I still like the Bills to be able to win that game. I think they can gut it out. I think they're the better team. And I think the defense shows up in a big way tonight, specifically limiting Mac Jones. But that the game is going to be cold. It's the second coldest NFL game to be played um, or first coldest game to be played since 2016. Um that Viking Seahawks game. And that was a total dead under game. I really like the under in that bills game um, under 44, I think is the point total right now. And I'll be on that, but I'm not sure if I'm laying four points in that kind of situation. So bills to win under, that's probably a more likely scenario in my opinion, not sure about laying four and a half points. Uh, let's get into the games for Sunday and Monday. Um, but before we do that, I did dig up some more general trends for wildcard weekend, and these will apply as well to the Bills and Raiders games. So um, take this for what it's worth. Uh, underdogs in general, underdogs are 29 and 18 against the spread um, in the playoffs since 2017. And in wildcard weekend, they're 14 and three against the spread, covering by 7.2 points per game. So it is a great weekend to be taking the value on these lines. That's another stat that kind of cooled me down on that uh, Bills uh, laying the points there. Um, but uh, yeah, underdogs, you know, big time success in wildcard weekend. In fact, over the last four years, the underdogs have gone 18 and 0 on teasers in wildcard weekend. So every single underdog has hit on a six point teaser over the last four years in wildcard weekend. Um, Got to just grab those points up because we're going to see a lot of tight games, and a lot of good football. Also uh, to help give you a little bit more confidence in grabbing some of those points on the spread. Uh, it is a great weekend to be taking unders specifically in outdoor venues. We're going to see a lot of nasty weather, a lot of cold, windy games this week. And even the Tampa game down in Florida is going to see some potential rain and wind uh, over. Um, actually, I don't have a timeline, but in the last 29 wildcard weekend games played outdoors, 22 of them went under the point total. Uh, that's a great percentage. So I'm going to be taking a lot of dogs and a lot of unders this weekend is what I'm saying. 
Um, also, I dug a little bit deeper into that quarterback first start trend. Um, and since 2002, they are 17 and 33 straight up, 16, 32 and one against the spread in the playoffs. So another reason to fade uh, some of these inexperienced quarterbacks. I went over the list of them on yesterday's episode. Uh, Derek Carr, Joe Burrow facing each other. And then Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, and Kyler Murray. Those are... That's a lot of information, but it's a lot of good stuff here. And the general principle, like I said, dogs and unders. So let's get into the Sunday games, okay? I have a lot to say about these games. I know I'm going quickly here, but, uh, you know, let's get into it. The Eagles are taking on the Buccaneers at 1 o'clock on Sunday. The over-under is 45 and a half. And uh, the Bucks are favored by 8 and a half here. Got a bunch of stats, bunch of trends for you. Throwing a bunch of numbers at you guys in this episode. Brady, as a favorite of a touchdown or more in the playoffs, is 16-3 and straight up, but only 8-11 and against the spread. Brady in his playoff career, 34-11 and straight up, but only 24-20-1 against the spread. Brady in his career is 1-5 in the playoffs against NFC East teams uh brady also has three losses um in his postseason career as a touchdown or more favorite he lost to the giants as a 12 and a half point favorite in the super bowl he lost to the jets as a nine and a half point favorite uh during the mark sanchez era and he lost to joe flacco ray rice ray lewis and the baltimore ravens as an eight point favorite so this would be his fourth loss as a favorite of a touchdown or more if the Eagles were to pull off an upset. Um, so it's happened before. Now, I'm an Eagles fan. I don't want to sound too biased. I have two tra- two trends for the Eagles. However, um, one of them is positive, one of them is negative. The Eagles are 5-0 and straight up in their last five playoff games as a dog. That's 5-0 and wins as an underdog. Um, although different coaching staff, different quarterback, a lot of turnover on this roster, you know, take it for what it's worth. Also, since 2000, uh, again, a lot of turnover over that time, four different coaching staffs. I get it, but the Eagles are 11-2 and two against the spread as a playoff underdog. So they do know how to show up when they are uh, counted out, you know. I think I watched a YouTube video this weekend. It was a um, – independent account making an Eagles season hype video and it was uh called not invited or the uninvited or something like that because nobody expected us to be in the playoffs um but we're here uh the Eagles however let's share uh you know both sides of the coin here they're 0 six straight up one and five against the spread versus teams that are in the playoffs this year now that sounds bad but I will say this we faced a very front-loaded schedule where a lot of the teams that fit this category that are in the playoffs we faced over the first half of the season where, you know, this is a young team, first-year head coach. You know, it took us some time to gel. You know, a lot of people were making fun of Nick Sirianni for his plant and, you know, the roots growing into the stem, into the flower, into the plant metaphor, but 
it's kind of an accurate representation of how this team has developed over the course of the season. We did have some roots growing and it turned into a stem and eventually a fucking flower. Like it's a ridiculous thing. It sounds like you're trying to explain the concept of growth and improvement to a four-year-old, but it's pretty accurate because we did get hot. The, the team improved. The running game really got hot over the back end of the season. You know, our schedule got a little bit easier, but Hey, I mean, you know, you win the games that you can win. You don't, you don't control who you play. And uh, this team eventually turned into the number one rushing offense in the NFL um, going for over 180 yards a game, uh, breaking a franchise record for most rushing yards in a season by the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, I think that this is a different team. We played the Bucks earlier in the season, lost, I think, by six points. I forgot to look up the exact score to that game. Uh, we were losing by uh, two touchdowns or so, and then we had to come back and kind of backdoor it. So it didn't start out great, but eventually the defense started holding up, getting more pressure on Brady in the second half, and we were able to put together a couple of drives to build some momentum and kind of keep that one a little bit close. Like I said, though, this team was that was in week six. It was very early in the season against a very good Bucks team that has played together, you know, at least with this Brady regimen for over a year at this point. This Eagles team was still trying to figure their shit out. I think this is a very different team at this point. And so, as you guys can tell, I'm leaning into the Eagles to cover this game plus the eight and a half here uh, with all the stats that I've just provided. Brady is not a covering machine in the playoffs. And specifically, like I said, as a touchdown favorite or more eight and 11 against the spread, that's not good. Um, the Eagles have what it takes, I think, to make Brady uncomfortable in this game. I think the shitty weather that I mentioned actually plays into the Eagles hand, given that we are a run dominant team and we are very good in the trenches on both sides of the ball. <clears throat> um, the strength of the Bucks defense is their running defense and they do have a great defensive line and linebacking core but the Eagles have the best offensive line in the NFL and they have a very unique skill set on that offensive line they're not necessarily bullies up front although they do have a couple of real road graders on that O-line specifically on the left side with Jordan Mailata and uh, Landon Dickerson but um, Kelsey is the best center in the league and in my opinion should be a first ballot Hall of Famer He's not a power guy. He's a he's a finesse center, which is very unique in the NFL, but it makes for very uh, unique running styles in this kind of outside zone read option. You know, we have a very athletic, undersized offensive line, which some would call a disadvantage going against Vita Vea and Indomitian and Sue and some of the bulk of that uh, Tampa Bay defense. But I think I think if we can work the outside runs and use our speed, and move the ball, you know, stretch the field horizontally a little bit. Like I said, keeping them honest with the read option, I think is going to be huge here. <clears throat> I don't think I mentioned yet. Jalen Hurts, or excuse me, Jalen Hurts, obviously a mobile quarterback. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have allowed the most rushing yards per game to quarterbacks this season. So I think that plays into our skill set. I think there's a lot of things that lead into the Eagles covering this eight and a half. It's one of the bigger numbers of um, the weekend, but I don't think it's too big. You know, I think we can definitely keep this one score game. <clears throat> also, it just screams teaser protection to me from my contrarian standpoint. I've called this kind of my contrarian spidey sense before. It's just jumping off the page. I think any Joe Schmo out there 
this week with a FanDuel account is going to look at that Bucks eight and a half and say, man, that looks good in the teaser, doesn't it? I can get the Bucks shave six points off that, get them to minus two and a half right under a field goal. Oh, man, how don't the Bucks beat the Eagles by a field goal? I'm not betting the Eagles money line because I'd be an absolute fucking psycho if I did something like that. But I'm just saying the fact that they're leaving this eight and a half and giving you the two and a half teaser, there's some shit going on in my gut. And I've talked to myself more and more as the week goes on. I honestly didn't think the Eagles had a chance uh, Monday when I saw the initial spreads and who we were playing. I was like, okay, great. You know, this was a fun season, but you know, Brady's going to fuck us up. I don't think he fucks us up. You know, Bucks might win this game. I'm not trying to be over aggressive, and I know you guys might see some bias through this pick, but I like the eight and a half for Philly, leaning towards the under in that game. Wouldn't be surprised if it goes over, but like I said, uh, could be a lot, I think 75% chance of rain, high winds, uh, sloppy Florida game. It'll be interesting, but I think that plays into the Eagles' hands. Uh, the Bucks, um, no Antonio Brown, no Chris Godwin. They're getting Leonard Fournette back, but we will see how healthy he is. It, it's a question mark. Um, I think we put Darius Slay on Mike Evans to hopefully limit him. The question is, how do we stop Gronk? I think Gronk has a big day. I did not look into what his prop totals are this weekend, but I would expect Gronk to easily go over whatever his receptions prop is and most likely his yardage as well. That is the downfall of the Eagles defense is guarding the tight end. We have struggled this year. Any you know fantasy junkies know that the Eagles are a great matchup for your tight end, have been all year, uh, don't have the strongest coverage linebackers. I've been you know, calling for us to draft a linebacker for five years now. But um, if you are looking to look into the Bucs side of things, I think that is a matchup that you can exploit big time. I wouldn't lay the eight and a half. If you want to take the money line, maybe the teaser, but I told you that just looks like a trap to me. Uh, last nugget for this game, referee is Craig Wallstrat. Rollstad, sorry, that one always gives me trouble. Craig Rollstrad, uh, home teams are six and ten straight up, seven and nine against the spread this year with that guy. So give me the road birds. Um, the over under is eight and eight, averages forty six points. This over under is forty five and a half. That is inconclusive evidence. There tells us nothing. I think I'm done with that game. Go birds. Go birds. Uh, wouldn't be the first time we uh, made Brady uncomfortable with that internal pass rush. You know, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, I think they can get him uh, moving in that pocket. That's always been Brady's weakness. Let's do it. I like that bet a lot. Okay, next Sunday game. Told you guys this is going to be a long one. Uh, 49ers at Cowboys in the Nickelodeon Bowl. 4.30 slot on Sunday. The over-under is 51 and let's get into the stats. Dallas, um, they were a covering machine this year, covering 76.4% of their games, 13-4 and four against the spread, despite being one of the more publicly backed teams week in and week out by all the assholes that root for Dallas. Um, however, the last three teams to play wildcard weekend after covering 75% or more of their games have all lost wildcard weekend. So that's a fun stat. 
Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 12 and five straight up, 13 and four against the spread as an underdog throughout his career as a starting quarterback. Like that. Dak Prescott, 0 and 3 against the spread in the playoffs so far in his career. I do have a positive trend for you, Dallas Fucks. Mike McCarthy is 11, 6, and 1 against the spread in the playoffs. That's a pretty strong record, but um, he had Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback for all those games. Uh, not really sure if this is the same situation, if you feel me. The referee for this game is Alex Kemp, a.k.a. the road god himself. Uh, home teams 5-11 and 11 straight up, 5-11 and 11 against the spread this season. Uh, over under 7-8-1, and one, the average 40.4 points per game. That's interesting a bit because I lean over in this game. I like that over 51, but... It has gone down, I think, a half point over the course of the week. Not huge movement, but it is something because I would think the public would like the over in this game as well. It is being played in a dome, so it doesn't apply to our outdoor under trend. I'm going to ignore that. I like the over still. I don't care that Alex Kemp averages 40 points per game this year because – those games haven't been played between the 49ers and Cowboys. That's my logic there. Thanks for listening to me talk through that. Um, let's get into the spread. I'm leaning towards the 49ers plus three, and I also I could see myself touching this money line. It's around plus 150, 145 here. A lot of dogs this week, guys, like I told you. And this one, it feels a little bit weirder. I'm going to have to talk through this one. I was very confident in the Eagles. The 49ers, I went into this week really loving this pick. as the four, I, I wasn't even thinking about the three. I was just like, oh, 49ers are going to beat Dallas. Um, again, maybe a little bias here. These last two games really getting into my Eagles fandom. It's really, you know, my true colors are showing a little bit. But I also like to keep a level head with this stuff, as you guys can see me trying to logically talk through this. Um, I think the 49ers are a more well-rounded team. Dallas's run game has really struggled over the second half of this season. Zeke doesn't look like the same player. Tony Pollard is going to be out for this game. Uh, 49ers are the team in this game. Um, I was looking up some stats. They are top six in uh, rushing defense per game, uh, passing defense per game, and rushing offense per game. And they are top 10 in passing offense per game. So, um, they are a very well-rounded team. Dallas, on the other hand, while they are a solid team, they have, to me, more flaws and more ways to fuck this game up. Uh, in the coaching matchup, you know, I mentioned that Fugazi stat with uh, Mike McCarthy as the, um, you know, 11-6-1 against the spread in the playoffs. That was all with Green Bay. This is Dallas, dude. This is different. You're in a whole different world here. Um, I like Shanahan to be able to win this game. I think 49ers are clearly the more physical team, and that shows up. I expect a lot of points. I think, you know, Debo Samuel is going to have a field day like he has been all season. George Kittle could have a big day. I don't think Dallas has too much. Um, you know, Michael Parsons is a great player, but he's not a coverage guy. I don't really see who covers Kittle in this game. Uh, they'll probably put Trayvon Diggs on Debo, but I'll take Debo in that all day. Diggs is really a boomer bust kind of guy, and I think Debo is too crafty, too physical, too smart. And with the play calls, I think Shanahan's going to be able to trick Trayvon a couple of times, get some big plays here in the passing game. Um, 
I like the 49ers, guys. I really do. I think Dallas finds a way to muff another playoff game. Um, I kind of look at this as the spread should have been bigger, in my opinion. I think Dallas should have been maybe a four or five point favorite. But the fact that it's been sitting at three all week, I think they're just begging that Dallas community to take the minus three. I think there's a lot of people that regardless of the situation will just take Dallas. It's concerning. I looked up some of the splits and San Fran is kind of the most heavily backed dog this week, but I was really, I was trying to talk myself into Dallas at some point, like over the last two days, I've looked at this. Am I missing something in this 49ers game? Everybody seems to like the Niners. What am I missing? But I really, I think I trust the 49ers more. Is there a world where Dallas just their offense just shows out and Dak throws for 500 yards and CD and Amari can't be stopped? Possibly, but I just don't trust them. Mike McCarthy's first playoff appearance in the Big D. It just seems like he chokes this one. So I'm not really going to spend that much more time on this game. I think you guys understand where I'm at. I'm going to be going with the 49ers. I think they're a really good tease option. I think there's obviously a lot of good tease options with these dogs this week. But um, if you want to take, for example, the Raiders up to 11.5 and and the 49ers up to 9, I fully endorse that. Maybe even throw the Buffalo game under in there since it's going to be brutally cold. You can get that up to under 50, and that sounds delicious to me as well. Uh, two more games here, guys. Let's keep chugging. I'm actually I'm getting through these at a decent pace. We will have to take a halftime break, um, but we can get through this Steelers game, I think. Uh, Steelers and the Chiefs is the last game on Sunday. It's, a, I believe, an 8-15 kick over under 46. The Chiefs are a 12-and-a-half point favorite. That's a big number for Wild Card Weekend. And I have really tried to talk myself into the Steelers here. But I can't. I can't do it. I have some stats, but I want to talk narrative first. This is probably Big Ben's last game, right? And the Steelers are a team that I have ridden really over the last four fucking years. I've had a future on the Steelers every year the last four years to win the Super Bowl. I've had their over probably every year. Um, I've really loved this roster. The defense has been great and really carried this team through some horrible quarterback play. They have a lot of talent on the offense at the skill positions between Najee, Deontay, Juju, uh, what's the other guy? Claypool is talented, although I think he's a douchebag. Um, love me some Pat Fryermuth as well. But uh, the O-line has been bad, and Ben doesn't have much in the tank anymore. I am so proud of this team for gunning it out the last two weeks and overcoming the odds. And it's amazing that the Colts were able to lose to the Jags to, and that the Raiders ended up hitting that field goal at the end of the Chargers game to, you know, have everything come into this scenario where we have the Steelers making the playoffs again. It's great. Um, I think it comes to an end this Sunday. I don't think they have what it takes to keep up with this Chiefs team. This Chiefs team is really good. The one thing I'll say for Pittsburgh, they're kind of playing with a loaded deck here. We heard Ben talking in the media this week. Great quote. I really love this out of Ben. He said, I think we're, you know, 20 point underdogs. Like 
what do we really have to lose here? Essentially was the message. You know, I don't remember the exact quote, but you know, we'll probably get killed. We'll probably, we're the biggest dog this season. We'll probably lose by 20. So let's just go out there and have some fun. Let's play loose. Let's play free. And to me, that goes a long way for a locker room and it goes a long way for an organization. Um, I want to get behind that, the emotional charge, the let's do it for Ben. I just can't get around to it. I really can't. Uh, maybe I'll change my mind by Sunday. Let's get into some stats. Um, since 2011, double-digit underdogs in the playoffs are 2-10 and 10 against the spread. Uh, since 2005, double-digit underdogs are 1-6 against the spread in Wild Card Weekend. Um Ben Roethlisberger, this will be his 270th start of his career. He's been a double-digit underdog twice previously and has lost both game, both games, excuse me, by uh, over 20 points. Not covering, obviously. Um, on the flip side, they're playing a unit this week. Mahomes 15 and two straight up at home in December and January for his career. Mahomes 15 and fifth, uh, excuse me, five and one. Let's start over. Mahomes five and one straight up, four and two against the spread at home in the playoffs. Only uh, straight up loss was to Tom Brady and the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. And if Frank Clark doesn't line up offsides, the Chiefs win that game. It's just too much for this Steelers team to overcome. The Chiefs are a very well rounded team. Uh, referee Sean Smith in this game. Home teams are seven and nine straight up, seven and nine against the spread. Over under eight and eight on the season. Average um, <clears throat> forty-seven point eight points per game. You know, like I said, I try to talk myself into the Steelers. That's a lot of data backing up the Chiefs. I really, I'd love to see the Steelers compete. I think if they do, I think if the Steelers surprise me and cover this spread, they do it with the defense. I think TJ's going to have to have a monster game. That guy's a shoe in for Defensive Player of the Year. They should have given him the sack record because I, that guy had a sack taken away from him in the Ravens game, and he missed like three and a half games this season. Just give him the record. He didn't tie that shit. He won it. He's a beast. He's not 100% healthy. He's dealing with a groin injury. It's going to suck if they, if they have to live it, limit TJ's snaps. It's going to be big, but we'll see how healthy he is. Najee Harris dealing with an elbow injury after last week. I hope that Najee is 100% healthy and he can turn this into a game, but I'm just not sure. The Chiefs really shut him down last time they played. And I know that this, you know, <clears throat> potential revenge spot for the Steelers, it's really about the emotional charge, but can they keep riding this emotional high for the third week in a row? Can we do it for Ben three weeks in a row, or does it have to fizzle out at some point? <sighs> it sucks. I'm not optimistic, but, you know, I think I've given you guys my thoughts here. I think Kelsey should have a great game. I think the Chiefs are without Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Daryl Williams should be a strong play. I think as far as a prop guy or a DFS guy, this Steelers team actually finished bottom in the league in rushing defense this year. And like I said, you know, TJ, maybe not 100%. Tyreek Hill's been quiet lately. I guess we can talk about that for a second. He really finished the second half of the season week. 
but he still draws a lot of attention. He still draws a safety over top and a number one corner. Yeah, it's just a matter. Does this Chiefs defense kind or Chiefs offense come out flat? But I'm not, I'm just not sure the Steelers are really going to have that much offensive success against the Chiefs. They've really had to grind out some ugly wins over the last two weeks, and it's going to be tough to keep this one close. Yeah. So let's move on. I got to take a quick break. I will be back in two seconds to finish the final game. Cardinals Rams. All right, I'm back. Let's wrap this thing up. We're actually making really good time here. Thanks for sticking with me, guys. Um, Monday night, we have a pretty pretty juicy matchup here. This is the Cardinals and the Rams playing for the third time this year. They split the season series. Cardinals getting that first matchup in L.A., Rams getting the second in Arizona. Um like I said, Monday night, 8.15 p.m. The over-under is 49 and a half as it currently sits. <clears throat> Let's get into the trends. Sean McVay is 9-1 and one straight up, 8-1-1 and one against the spread versus Arizona in his coaching career. On the flip side, Cliff Kingsbury is 13-3-2 against the spread as a road underdog in his career. Arizona is eight and one straight up and against the spread as an under as on the road. Excuse me. Let's start it over. Arizona eight and one straight up and against the spread on the road this season. Matthew Stafford, oh, and three straight up one and two against the spread in the playoffs. All with Detroit. Let's just throw it out. But it is noteworthy. He hasn't won a playoff game. Kyler Murray hasn't started a playoff game. Referee Clay Martin. The home team is 10 and 5 straight up, 9 and 6 against the spread. That's interesting. The over under is 4 and 11 with him. That's also interesting, uh, which means the under is hit 11 out of 15 games. And uh, they average 42.9 points per game. This is a tough one for me to call. This might be the toughest game of the week, in my opinion. Uh, but. Right now, I'm leaning a bit with Arizona plus. Uh, it's looking like three and a half right now. Was four earlier in the week. I'll lean with the points. I see this being a very competitive game. I don't think it's a blowout on either side. Uh, if you're giving me over a field goal, I think I'll take it. Typically, you want to take the plus two and a half, lay the minus three and a half as kind of a rule of thumb, because typically they're putting it on. It's called the hook for you guys who know, and when you're laying the hook, um, it makes the the three more unattractive. Vegas is trying to trick you by giving you that extra half point. Oh, if they win by a field goal, I won't cover, you know. Um, but this is actually a three and a half that has been bet down. It opened at four this week. So it, there are some sharps coming in to drive the Arizona line down a bit. So we got that four hit earlier in the week, and I'll trust it. I'm not sure if I have the confidence to take the money line plus 165 as it currently stands, but it's possible. Anything can happen here. I wouldn't be surprised if this Arizona team does come out swinging and gets the upset. I'm not sure if I can call it right now as we get closer to Monday. Obviously, follow the Instagram account for the final uh, betting picks. Um, But I will lean into Arizona with the points here as we talked about how dominant underdogs are on Wild Card Weekend, 15-3 and against the spread over the last four years. Just get, I'll take all the points that I can get in most situations here, um, aside from, I guess, the Chiefs game, unfortunately. Um, 
I think Kyler is kind of maybe potentially one of those outlier quarterbacks that can win his first playoff game. I told you guys the numbers on those, but Kyler seems to be a bit of a unique breed. Uh, I think a lot of people have lost confidence in this Cardinals team, but they have looked relatively solid to me and overcome a lot of injuries over the back half of the season. It does. It's unfortunate. There's a lot of uh, injuries that we have to keep an eye on here for Arizona. James Conner is the big one for me. If Conner is ruled out, this that may sway my opinion here. I mean, the Rams are no slouch. I'll give you the Rams side here too. But James Conner is uh, questionable. Did not practice on Friday. That's the latest report I have. DeAndre Hopkins is not playing. That's big for this Arizona team. Although I do like some of the young receivers that have stepped up. Uh, Antoine Wesley is a guy worth mentioning. He's really come into his own in this Arizona offense and has earned himself probably a second contract here whenever he's up for one. Um, he's a guy that uh, was with uh, Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. So he knows the system and he's come in and he's earned Kyler's trust. He's earned, he's got Cliff's trust uh, and he's been playing well down the stretch in replacement of DeAndre Hopkins. Another big name in this, from an injury standpoint, J.J. Watt most likely making his return. I think that could be big for this Cardinals team getting J.J. back. He's going to be fired up. <clears throat> we'll see if he's at 100% from an on-the-field standpoint, but as a leader, he's going to give them a bit of a charge here, I think. So I lean with Arizona here in this spot, despite Sean McVay having a, an excellent record against the Cardinals and really dominating Cliff Kingsbury in the head-to-head matchups recently. They finally broke through, and they got a win earlier this season, and I think this Cardinals team is a little bit different. You know, the, the Rams are a team that I really trusted uh, going into this season, and even over the first half, I thought they were a, a very dominant team, but they have shown some chinks in the armor. Um, down the stretch here, Stafford has not looked uh, trustworthy, really. He's been very inconsistent. He's been turning the ball over. Um, their running back core is beat up. Sony Michelle, to me, is very, very much a downgrade from Daryl Henderson. And uh, they do have Cam Akers, you know, coming back off a of torn Achilles, but he hasn't seen much action, and I'm not sure how ready he is either. So the offense really has become a bit more one-dimensional. It's really the Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford show. And... I'm just not sure if I'm loving that to get the job done in a playoff game here. Cup, obviously, a, a phenom, cannot be stopped this year. Odell Beckham getting in the playoffs, you know, he's had a good run here. That They have weapons. Van Jefferson's a good player. Higby's a good player. But I don't know. I think I like this Arizona team a bit more here. I do. I want to figure out if I'm missing any angles here. But... I don't know. I think that's where I'm leaning here, guys. I don't have a strong take on the over-under. I initially kind of liked the over. Um, but that referee being 4-11 and 11 to the under and the 43 points per game is concerning. I Like I said, overarching theories, you know, take the points, take the unders. All these outdoor games, the unders should be good. If one's going to go over, it'll probably be that Raiders game. But I think – or maybe even the Eagles game. But – I think that the under in the Patriots-Bills game and the under uh, 
in the yeah no fuck it the under in the Eagles game the under in the Patriots Bills game should be very solid I lean with the Raiders under as well and then if you're gonna take an over this weekend really I think it's the Cowboys game and the Rams game that you have to look at I wouldn't really fuck with these other outdoor venues is what I'm saying so that's I think that's it for Wild Card Weekend guys you know I'm not really a playoff bracket guy you know somebody DM me this week and asked are you gonna do a playoff bracket I probably won't because. You know, I I really talk through a lot of my shit on here, and I post a lot already. I think you guys kind of get my my thoughts without me having to really lay it out in bracket form. And I like to change my opinions. You know, I'm I'm kind of of that Bruce Lee mindset. You know, you got to be water. You know, you got to stay fluid and be able to make adjustments. That's how you get through a 17, 18, 21 game season. It, it, you can't just maintain the same mindset. So even throughout these playoffs, as we see. You know, two weeks from now, my Super Bowl picks are probably going to look totally different than my Super Bowl picks now um, because a lot of these teams could get hot and things change and injuries happen and we just don't know. Um, but also going into that, you know, I have given you guys a ton of futures back in August and a lot of them are still alive. So if we're really looking at it, if you want to know my Super Bowl picks going into Wild Card Weekend, it's the same they were in August. I bet on the Packers at 17 to 1 and I bet on the Titans at plus 20 2400 or whatever it was. 2350. So I've got the one seed in both conferences as a Super Bowl bet. Why would I change my picks now? You know, is it possible that yeah, I mean the Chiefs are favored over the Titans in the AFC, but I like the Titans, man, and I like they're getting Derrick Henry back. They got home field advantage. Like, I'm just not going to – I'm going to ride it out, dude. So um, the Bills are also another team that I really see. I think in the AFC, it's three teams. You know, it's the Titans, Chiefs, and Bills. I, I don't trust the Bengals, Raiders, Patriots, or Steelers to make a run at all. So it's one of those three teams, and just we'll see who gets it done in the AFC championship game, you know. I'm really looking forward. I think Chiefs-Bills is going to be a phenomenal game next week, and I'll be pulling for Buffalo. Ideally, my my championship weekend is Titans-Bills in the AFC with the Titans edging it out. Although I won't be terribly mad at Buffalo because I do have a small piece of them to win the AFC as well. Um, and then in the NFC, you know, the Packers are going to the conference championship. They're not going to get upset after the bye. And it's a matter of, you know, the Bucks, Bucks, Rams, Cardinals, Cowboys could all do it. And honestly, the 49ers could get there too. I think the NFC is a little bit more wide open at this point. There's a lot of talent there. If the Eagles somehow shock the Bucks, they will lose to the Packers next week. If the 49ers can beat the Cowboys, I think they have a legitimate shot to pull off an upset. And I think if Dallas comes out and handles business, they could be a hot team as well, as much as I hate to say it. So there's a lot of talent in that NFC. I'm starting to think the Rams, even if, if the Rams can get past uh, the Bucks, I'll take them to lose next, or not the Bucks, the 49ers. If the Rams can win this weekend, I'll take them to lose next week, probably facing the Bucks. Yeah. That's it, guys. Thanks for listening. This is fun. Um, 
I'm really excited, but you've heard me talk for 40 minutes here. So I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you again. Good luck this weekend. Pay attention to the Instagram at SGR pod. And as always ramble the fuck on let's go wild card weekend. Have fun.